0: Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, and stories of West Seattle come together. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. Spring has finally arrived, and in this episode, we'll find out what the new season is bringing to our weekly farmers' market, including some operational changes and a return of some old favorites. But first, we'll turn our focus to another old favorite that's recently been brought back to life. It's the legendary neighborhood watering hole, the Pogi Tavern. As one of the Junction's oldest businesses, there's been a Pogi Tavern in the same location since 1935, though the original building was replaced in 1970. Previously owned and operated by Mike and Joe Merlino for 23 years, the couple sold their beloved business at the beginning of 2020, just as the pandemic was starting to turn our collective tables. But instead of throwing in the bar towel, the pogies' new owners used their unscheduled downtime to make all kinds of upgrades. And to hear more about it, we talked with co-proprietor Joel Stedman. You bought the Pogi Tavern in January of 2020. How did that come to be?
1: Our uh, good family friend Jack Miller connected us with Mike and Joni Merlino, the previous owners of the Pogi, and just kind of mentioned they were looking to retire. So when Jack told us about it, it was a very exciting prospect. And Mike and Joni obviously loved the place and had been there for 23 years, so it wasn't an easy, easy decision for them to make. They had to do a lot of talking on there and things to make sure it was the right decision to go into retirement, mm-hmm. walk away from something that they had loved for two and a half decades almost. So fortunately, we were able to mutually agree on something that was honestly really nice and smooth. And uh, seven weeks later, shut down
0: by the regulations with the COVID-19 policies. Obviously, the plans we all had for 2020 changed with the pandemic. How have you kept Pogi afloat all this time?
1: We were really lucky to have the, the payroll protection, the PPP loans were a key part in that, where there's two rounds, which we were able to benefit from both of those. We're very, very happy with our relationship with KeyBank. They've been really good to us. And then just a good landlord relationship, it's um, actually by proximity, it's our family members. So we, we were able to work out a deal where we weren't super stressed about figuring out a schedule to just pay things back. So right. luckily there was a light at the end of the tunnel there. And it just, it breaks my heart to hear about so many businesses that had difficult landlord situations. And and again, we were fortunate enough to not have to deal with that at that, at that particular location. But it's funny, it's hard for me to look at the pandemic as a bad thing for the pokey specifically, because we were able to shut down and revamp things and still mm-hmm. maintain the integrity of what pokey was and is. So if you go in there and you see what we've done to it versus a year or two ago, we've cleaned it up. We had to put quite a bit of money into electrical and plumbing and the nitty gritty things that are behind the scenes that people don't really see every day. But stuff that was even fire hazards that would just have been unsafe for staff and customers. And so did a lot of that. And then again, as you probably see, we, we got rid of a lot of the tables. It was just uh, a little more busy than we like to be. Uh, we painted the entire interior. And of course, we added liquor, which the Pogi had never
0: previously had. So right. that was a huge one that people have really liked. And in the second phase of updates, you've done a lot more aesthetic things. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So my wife, Margo, deserves 100% of the credit here. She found this company called
1: Electric Coffin. They, they also have another branch that's called House of Sorcery, so definitely to go make sure we give them credit where credit's due, because they're amazing, and their vision for things was exactly what we pictured. They've done a lot of stuff for Rene and most noteworthy to us, at least in the food and bev world, mm-hmm. and they took a few ideas that we had, as, as you may or may not have heard. <laughs> the pogey with our, our pull tabs and gambling, is, it was dubbed the little Reno of West Seattle. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that later. Yeah, definitely. We, so we wanted to riff on that and the foggy being the aquatic angle. And so we wanted to lean into that. And so the back bar, we decided on a, a theme that looks almost like, a, like an aquarium. And we, we certainly have a bit of a nod or tip of the cap to certain pieces of Old West Seattle. You know, the Alki Tavern is featured, and, and there is like a little Easter egg if you look for it in certain parts. Um, the lighting was something we really wanted to focus on and really dial it into a point where it's more muted and cool tones, if you will, where it's aesthetically pleasing, where it's, it's comforting and, and relaxing in a sense where you can kind of get lost in it and hang out for a long time. It was a really exciting project that Start to finish was really it was really interesting to see how Electric Coffin slash House of Sorcery ran with it. I think one one of the most interesting things that people should look at is there are facades over both the TVs. It's the bezel, if you will, and mm-hmm. they look exactly like an old TV from the 70s or 80s. It's very mm-hmm. fun retro, you know, like the UHF VHF knobs and
0: the the rounded screen. They just captured it perfectly. It was really cool. Are you going to have vintage programming on your TVs or? Is that just uh, (laughs) the look?
1: It Maybe Nick at Night or something like that, right? I don't know if that's still a thing. But mostly probably just, uh, I think probably just still their TV stuff, you know, sports and
0: whatnot. There used to be a place on the south end of the junction where the All-American Diner is now. And it was, I believe, called Ama Ama Oyster House. And they only showed vintage James Bond movies on their TVs, which I thought was really (laughs) cool. Like you just knew what you were getting yourself into.
1: We've definitely had... Thoughts and ideas like that, taking pages out of the book of say, uh, there's this place in Capitol Hill called Cannon. where mm-hmm. their cocktails are just lights out, and they have vintage radio playing in their restrooms, and it's super cool.
0: It's- also, in your newest uh, incarnation, one of your late, long time customers was honored. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And his family was is, was really excited about it too. So we have a flask that, and of course, this was inherited
1: when the torch was passed I and mean, it was part of the, the display previously and so we didn't want to obviously we, we wanted to make sure to showcase it but so there's, that was a really special one as well um so we have a flask This flask had the ashes of a previous long-standing regular named klaus and of course this was inherited when the torch was passed and it was part of the, the display previously and so we made sure that, that got featured
0: in there there's a little Kind of a pirate ship looking part that, that he gets to sit in forever, immortalized. So Klaus was already there. He, he was free with purchase. He came
1: along with it for sure. Yeah, he's ingrained in the fabric, without
0: a doubt. The Pogi logo or spokes fish for a long time has been a fish <laughs> wearing a top hat and a bow tie. Do you know the story behind that? You know, I actually don't know the story behind it. I guess I'll put a call out to anyone that knows. We found
1: a hand-carved piece of art of that fish, uh-huh. actually, and we made sure to put it in a more prominent place. It was on the back bar. That was, it was almost hidden, and we found it one day, and it's, it's just this beautifully hand-carved, hand-painted thing that might be, I don't know, 10 inches wide by 15 to 18 inches tall, but it's just a immaculate,
0: really pretty thing that you could tell that it's got to be 30 40 years old and when you first reopened I noticed an, a new take on the pogie fish but recently with your more recent reopening I've noticed something closer to the original that has resurfaced as your Instagram profile picture
1: yeah yeah thank you for thank you for noticing that's awesome yeah we are trying to blend the two a little bit because the pogie is certainly a slice of old West Seattle if you will so we want to have a couple of different pieces of bubbles that are useful for our logos and, and things like that for social media and websites and stuff like that. We've got a graphic design guy that's just incredible. And he did a couple different ones. We were just like, oh, riff on this and see And let's let's clean up the old logo so we can make it into a file format that we could transfer to t-shirts and sweatshirts, hats, whatever we, we want to do. So yeah. that was the idea with that. Even if we are updating things here and there, we still really want to make sure to preserve and, and maintain the integrity of what that legacy of that place is because that's certainly what we feel is is the most remarkable part about it money can't buy that right yeah i I always like to compare that to your favorite pair of jeans or an old baseball mitt it's perfect and it's really impossible to fabricate that and that's what makes it so wonderful
0: yeah it's so it's so weird but so perfect i mean i'm i'm obsessed with that original pokey fish pretty cool i want to hang out with him I also was really into Charlie Tuna for a long time, so I guess maybe it's I just have this thing for anthropomorphized cartoon fish who are extra classy. (laughs) Um, So I'm glad to see that the original Pogi is has been brought back to life to have a place there, and you even have a T-shirts with the the old Pogi guy on there. We do,
1: we do, and we certainly are just getting our sea legs obviously
0: again with all the craziness
1: of 2020 it's only going to get better and then we we certainly are putting our heads together to to come up with other or other fun ideas and the just being part of the junction and and the neighborhood's been really cool that everybody's just the community is wonderful everybody's so good to us and we're already starting to see the growth Where we're getting new traction new faces that are checking us out hadn't been there before and are pleased with what we're up to which is really encouraging
0: that's great Obviously, plans are hard to make right now with the pandemic situation in terms of capacity and reopening and full speed ahead but what are some of your plans for the future in general when we get back to normalish um probably expanding upon the food program a little bit nothing too extreme um, it's
1: certainly not something we're known for and we highly encourage those that want to bring food from other places since there's such an abundance of great food around the junction we're very happy to allow that at any time and obviously the live music is a big part of things as well we're going to we're going to make sure to bring that back as well great. and i think it's going to be in more of a calculated capacity it, it probably wouldn't be at the same frequency where it was twice every single weekend but it would still be an integral part of things we're definitely looking at things that weren't there before as well trivia perhaps bingo karaoke things like that maybe one two or all all three of those things could be on the table so those would be big time things we'd like to really add to the mix and also maybe some expanded games and whatnot game options we already have pool and darts and things like that, but just once the games are really more in play, pun intended, I guess, Um, (laughs) that's certainly worth looking
0: at. Some of the ads and announcements I've seen recently about Pogie Tavern reopening mention the place The Stranger Calls Little Reno.
1: I I think they might have just come up with a fun moniker there for it, which we actually really like, and, and that is Part of the plan to, to lean into that in a certain ways. Maybe that's via t shirts or social media and stuff. Yeah. But we love it. The biggest little bar in West Seattle or something <laughs> like that, right? And, and the pull tab side of things is a huge part of what we are and what we do. And, and people really like it.
0: Yeah. The little Reno tag or concept definitely rang a bell for me when I saw that. And I Googled it and I saw that it was actually written in 2006 by my friend David Schmader, who used to write for The Stranger. And I wrote him about it and, like, where did this come from? And, it, it, and he was like, it was when you took me to the Pogie Tavern right after I had moved to West Seattle. <laughs> And I don't know where the little Reno thing exactly came from. That might have, could have actually come from my realtor, Diana Nelson, who was a huge Pull Tabs fan. I can't remember if she was with us that night, but that was in the days where the only food was a DiGiorno pizza thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's where that came from. And it's so, it's really funny to see that sort of resurrected after all this time. Oh, man.
1: The Little Arena, that is awesome. And circle back to the food side of that. Definitely uh, not doing just DiGiorno's anymore. We actually get our <laughs> pizza from a uh, local fresh-made mom-and-pop type of operation out of Soto, and they're amazing. So we do all different styles of pizza. And we we also have a uh, little flout almost like a taquito. We have egg rolls as well, Cajun tots, mozzarella sticks. So we have all kinds of fun stuff.
0: Well, that's great congratulations on persevering through the pandemic you made it through the storm and so congratulations on that i really am glad that the pogey is back in action and obviously being treated as the icon that it is (laughs) in the junction and i'm looking forward to seeing what's next for our favorite fish as things uh (laughs) develop and we get back to our regular programming here in west seattle Absolutely, the the light is certainly at the end of the tunnel and we feel lucky to be part of the pogey and I think you're going to see great things from us. The Pogi Tavern is open every day with currently listed hours of noon to 11 p.m. As pre-pandemic normalcy starts to slowly return to our neck of the woods, changes are happening yet again at our weekly farmer's market. To hear more about it, we checked in with market manager Shane Clyburn. So prepared food is back at the market with some stipulations. Tell me about that.
2: Just a few weeks ago, we got um, approval from the public health department. Basically, there's no no longer restrictions on the type of food sold in the market, which basically just means we we can allow a hot prepared food to be served. The main thing is food is still to be served in a to-go container, uh-huh. uh, we still can't allow folks to sit down and eat inside the market. So we're requiring people to, yeah, still put it in in a box. And if they need to eat right now, step out of the market and then they can come back in. Otherwise, we're telling people, you know, put their order in. But when they know they're heading out of the market soon, mm-hmm. do their last bit of shopping and come back, uh, pick up their meal on the way out.
0: That makes uh, sense.
2: Yeah. There's concern about lines and crowding still. We're Still not out of this. (laughs) Right.
0: Definitely not. Which vendors are back in action at this point?
2: Beginning in April, when the sort of uh, spring season kicks off, we'll be bringing back probably 10 or 12 total vendors that have been out for the winter season. So the Mm -hmm. the whole market will grow. Uh, It'll get a lot closer to those two borders on Oregon and Alaska. And that day we'll have some hot food. We have Lily's Salvadorian who's going to come back. And then shortly after we should have... Uh, Nature's Last Stand doing breakfast sandwiches Mm. and patty pan cooperative does tamales and some sort of Mexican style food as well. West Seattle compared to other farmers markets in the city isn't as heavily dependent on the prepared food because there's so much great food in the junction already. People, especially, you know, in in pre-COVID times when there was no barrier between the junction businesses and the market, people might grab food in one of the restaurants there, either sit down to eat or grab it to go, shop the market and head on their way out.
0: Will you have any new prepared food vendors lined up for this season or is it too early to say yet?
2: So we, we didn't get a lot of new applicants on the prepared food side. Now that it's open, we're doing a little bit of outreach. And I think we might see a couple more over the summer, as well as some businesses that were just a little shy about applying this year at all. Yeah, Because until a few weeks ago, everyone that applied as a hot food vendor was put on a wait list. And we couldn't really tell them when they'd be off of the wait list. It's not in our hands. Like, it's in the county and the city. Although actually that reminds me, we are bringing in one new hot food vendor to West Seattle, who's been at some of our other markets for a few years. And that's uh, Mystery Bay Coastal Cuisine. Mm-hmm. And he survived at throughout the pandemic by just selling like cold food to go. He does like some ceviche and chowders and things and selling selling frozen stuff at mm-hmm. the Columbia City market and the Capitol Hill market. But he's joining West Seattle beginning in April. And he's going to have those prepared food or those take home options, as well as he does salmon sliders and hot chowder to, to order. And so that's actually pretty exciting. The market does really well with our seafood vendors. We're able to have Brady's oysters and Loki fish and Indian candy, all selling seafood and doing quite well. And then a couple blocks away, we have the Seattle Fish Company and and other businesses in the area. So the folks out in West Seattle really like their seafood.
0: We sure do. So spring, the season is here as of March 20th. And as you mentioned, the market spring season kicks off April 4th, Easter Sunday. What should we be looking forward to in the weeks ahead when the season begins?
2: Well, the first things we'll start to see coming into the spring crops are like winter parsnips are going to be coming up and, and also just... More tender greens. We have our, our kale and our collards and all those hardy greens, but we're going to start to see those baby lettuces and romains and, and nice little salad mixes sold by some of the vendors. One of the things that always gets me the most excited in spring is uh, asparagus because it's a short, heavy season. When asparagus is at the market, several farmers will have it and they have a lot. And I'd say for shoppers that come out, you can get a really good deal on asparagus. It's often cheaper than the grocery store. It comes from the state. You can do so much. You can make asparagus soup. You can make, you know, cream sauces and things. It just adds a nice flavor. And it's, to me, that's one of those signs that we're coming out of the winter months. Yeah. <laughs> it is a nice little taste of spring. Yeah. It really starts to ramp up. And May and June is when we start to see more fruits and, and more variety. But, you know, sometimes we have some early tomatoes that might arrive by the end of April mm-hmm. and a few other things like that. It's a slow ramp up to start, but Yeah, that's to get pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Anything else going on with the market that uh, people should know about?
2: The main thing, in addition to that change about the allowing prepared foods is Mm -hmm. there was a, a change. It's more on our side, but the spacing between booths has been reduced. Okay. So beginning in April, when I bring back probably, like I said, 12, 12 vendors more than mm-hmm. we have right now, maybe a few more. The booths are going to be a little bit closer together. They're still going to be six feet apart rather than uh, 10 feet, which is what they are right now. But that that really adds up. And so even in April, we're probably going to have more vendors than we had even in the summer last year. Wow. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah. And even in April, you'll still be having your social distancing and crowd mm-hmm. control system set up.
2: The county still wants us to maintain that that perimeter and the, the exit and entrance points. They have allowed a little bit higher total shopper capacity in the market, which is why we haven't seen lines in months. And we're really hoping uh, to be able to keep that up. As the the number of vendors increases, be mm-hmm. able to keep the shoppers uh, on a similar level. And I would say that when, when we're not close to the, the stated capacity of shoppers, we are letting people in from the middle of the market and the north end of the market. You don't necessarily have to walk around to that main entrance. Right. That's, we reserve that if we need to put the brakes, if we're a little, if we're a little on the crowded side. But most of the time we've been a little more relaxed on that yeah we let people in and we don't want people to feel like they have to walk all the way around the block and wait in line for 20 minutes before getting into the market it's a tough balance we want to make sure everyone's safe we're still not clear this the numbers are looking good as far as like number of cases and in increasing in, in vaccination rates and everything but mm-hmm. so you know i see that light at the end of the tunnel there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah don't we all The West Seattle Farmer's Market happens every Sunday in the Junction, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. And let us know what you think. Get in touch by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production. Interviews are edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.